very small invitation in a way. It doesn't take a lot of time, and it's not like 50 pages. But it can be repeated quite a lot. Yeah? It's, it's, its impact can be measured by repetition, not by the length of the dissertation or how many hours you were sitting there listening to it or how many hours you meditated on what was talked about. Yeah? It's not measured that way. If you could, it's the repetition. So a very short message, its impact is, is saying it over and over again. That's what they use here for mind control, really. That's what propaganda is. They repeat and repeat and repeat because the mind, the conditional mind, will believe a lie if it's repeated long enough. Well, in the same way, it's like using the poison as an antidote. Repetition, let's say you're administering a... a, a a toxin or an antibody to that disease of mind, well, if you can actually have these totally convinced of a lie if it's repeated enough, what could, it, what could possibly happen if it was quote-unquote somewhat like the truth or indicating the truth if it was repeated enough? I mean, the impact, if a, if a lie can seem to be the truth, what would the truth seem to be if it was repeated? It could be really... It could have a strong enough impact to break through the inertia or the self-centeredness. And that's my hope with it and belief, is repetition. Yeah. But not, yeah, like short and sweet in a sense. Like a message or an invitation isn't a long thing, but it can be repeated quite a lot. You know? And in that repetition, it's like the mind's like a lazy Susan in a way. You know, those breakfast things where you turn it and it'd be salt well, the mind's constantly seemingly turning, and many of the gates are closed. It's, it, I know, or I know is a great deterrent to having anything break through. I know. <laughs> you know I, I know is one of the best deterrents of mind. When someone says, I know to me, it's basically the end of the conversation, because uh, I know. Because they obviously don't know what the condition they're traveling is, but I know. So maybe... 40 of them, 37 of them have a, this one defense, I know, or I've heard this before, or whatever. But one or two, yeah. so if you repeat one time and they get in where it didn't get in the other times, same invitation, yes, but one time was the charm and the other times weren't the charm. So there is value in repetition yeah, because you don't know which one that's going to be. But then if one aha sets off a chain reaction, and then if it's followed by more ahas, which was, this is what happens. When a download occurs, then things that you feel like you've been introduced to before look totally new. I mean, it's almost as if, if you were reading a scripture or, or the book of recovery, some, some power has highlighted words that you may have highlighted, but the highlight is totally different. It brings out something totally different than you've ever got before. Yeah, It's not the book has changed, obviously. The download of mind that thinks it's in the position of reading the book has changed. Yeah? And so the information, when digested by this, is regurgitated into something else. Most information, when, when claimed by self-centeredness, is regurgitated into mental knowledge. Yeah, it doesn't really hold water here in life. Yeah, it's like 
you may have a real strong belief in something, but when a moment when you needed it the most, it seems to escape you. Yeah, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't translate into a traveling light here. It's the I know I should be traveling light. I know what traveling light is light, light is like, but it doesn't translate into traveling light. So to me, that has no value. It's just it's like fucking. It's it's just something else you carry. Knowledge, you know. Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> but when that when a download occurs and you read information, the information doesn't immediately go to that big empty belly of of the hungry ghost type mind, you know, gobble everything up, trying to get full, trying to know, trying to get an advantage, trying to claim, trying to privatize, trying to have. When it when it sorts, it goes circumvents that. Yes, what it does that knowledge illuminates. That's what it does. It has the quality of illumination. So when you're looking at a supposed written beacon, or you're hearing someone who's talking about you know a verbal beacon, then you're the provider of the light. They just they're like a catalyst, and yet the light that has acknowledged itself now acknowledges hearing about itself. Yeah. And the whole, you're in a total different relationship now with the information. You're not the haver of it. It really produces a real deep, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know is a stable state. It's an incredible state to reside in. Even though you know how to fix a car, you know this and that, I'm not talking about that. It's an I don't know, meaning you don't have a clue what's going on and you really don't have any urge to know what's going on. Because it's enough that it's going on. That's as much as, as, much as I need to know, is that there, in, there's an insca inescapable fact that you're on. You know what I mean? That's as far as I need to know from that point on. It's just awareness of the onness, yeah? I obviously... <laughs> so my, try, my understanding always is directed at what I'm not what's appearing to be me, or what, what activities of mine that imply or reinforce the sense of being a someone, yeah? That, I believe, is knowledge, yeah? So, the knowledge of what I'm not, if, it's, if, not, if what I'm not is not claiming it, it's very illuminating, yeah? I see it. And the sense of the I that's seeing it is a new sense. It's not I meaning Paul, the story of being here before and trying to learn a lot so that I can be more here or whatever, whatever thing's going on. Yeah? That I is not of you, in a way. It's I am seeing. And there's only I seeing. Yeah? And I would even drop out the I, there's only seeing. That's what happened with me, in a sense. I just listened, I heard this message, and, uh, you know, it had nothing to do with who was delivering it, really. The first one, lady I heard from, I couldn't even hear what she was saying. She talked so low, and she was having these meetings outside. And, uh, but the point is, my mind, already knew, yes, but it needed a catalyst. So the space that she held people coming was enough of a catalyst for my mind to say, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 
And I went to someone else and someone else, and I either liked or disliked the person delivering it, but that was beside the point. They were a catalyst, yeah? They, they initiated something that I couldn't seem to initiate myself, yeah? So I had to hear this message from outside. It, it didn't come out downloaded. It didn't come downloaded to me that I'm not that. I needed someone to say, hey, maybe you're not that. Because before that, I believe mine can entertain unbelievably. But at times, in this conditional situation we're in, sometimes we need to be invited to entertain because we can't come up with it ourselves. Because the way the mind is structured, it, de it uh, defies it entertaining. It's not that. Yeah, it just does. It's like a fail-safe mechanism. Even when you're entertaining like not that, it's a sense of feeling like you entertaining or not that. It's an incredible system that locks in even when you're thinking you're opening the door to freedom. It, the click you're hearing is really another lock. It's just going, you're just locked in as the one trying to enter the door to freedom. <laughs> and <laughs> the handcuffs will be, and you'll be thinking, I'm free. But in fact, it's a form of bondage. <laughs> now you're bonded to that idea of being free. And so whatever comes up in your mind finds, hey, that's a discrepancy. If I was free, that wouldn't be happening. That negates your being free. And now the freedom is the basis of a huge story about not being free. <laughs> and then it's, it gets relegated into time. I was free once. <laughs> I had a really good run, and the rest of my life I've been trying to get back there. <laughs> you have to see mine. It's, I mean, <laughs> it has a, a logic, yeah? A conditional mind. I don't think mine's any different than yours. It has a logic. It's built on a logic that once you know it, it unlocks a lot of doors. If you don't know it, the doors that are, are locking, you think are unlocking. But if you recognize it, it unlocks a lot of the doors. Yeah? And you have the ability to recognize it because you're seeing. Yeah? The quality of seeing is in every moment of this place. So with that quality of seeing, obviously everything can be seen in a sense, yeah? in a way. So when the activity is going on and you realize trying to get out of self is a form of being in self, it's a very, very, it opens up a whole new download yeah, about what you call all these things, all these ways of getting out of self. The whole punchline of what you thought was the punchline has actually shifted, that it's actually an incredible form of being in self, wanting to get out of it. Yeah. And, and more and more of those yeah, get revealed, and it's... Uh, Usually you just have to break down and start laughing. That's what its effect is for me. I just, I'm, it's just unbelievable. Because any sense of you <laughs> is that quality of squirming. <laughs> it's either trying to squirm out of something or squirm into something. <laughs> and it doesn't, it's not stopping. It's not gonna, it's not gonna come to an end. Until the body dies, yeah. it's going to keep. It's, and you can't, <laughs> you, can't <laughs> you can't educate it or anything. It's just 
It's just the way it is. Yeah? It has a certain logic. And so when it sees something, it sees something that happened, it always believes there was someone who did it. Yeah? So let's say, if I don't see that I did it, and I can't see that you did it, I'll bring in some divine beings. God did it, or, or an angel did it, or a demon did it. There's going to be some noun behind it all. This is just its logic. It can't think outside that box. So when it sees a verb, well, the, the incredible thing, it has seen, the mental process has seen a verb. The verb is you, seeing. That's what I am, the seeing. But it, it said, it's, it didn't recognize itself. It called it, it called it something else. It said, that's a verb I'm doing. I'm this, yeah? I am actually a body that's seen. Instead of the seeing of a body, which is much clearer, yeah? I'm the body that's seen. So the seeing is in both statements, because you can't erase the seeing. <laughs> There's just no way. But the one statement that I'm the one who's seeing turns it into a form of looking, which is a great way of hiding its nature, which is yours, seeing. Now it becomes a quality that you're doing. I'm looking, yeah? I'm doing these. I'm the looker. I'm the seer. Now, when I was introduced to this idea, a lot of times there was an assumption when the seeing, let's say, opened up a little bit, that there was a seer, yeah? There was an assumption. And I would go to a meeting such as this, and that assumption would be shook up. And the circle that I thought was the content would come around behind the seer, and I would be in the content. So after about seven or eight events like that, I realized the principle is there is no seer. There is no authentic Paul that's ever going to stand on the rim between context and content and look from the context and see the content. That is in the content. There's n it can never become the context because it already is the context, not as Paul. Not as Paul. Then the mental control of the aperture now has been loosened, and now the aperture just opens, yeah? Mind opens. To the extent of what would happen if you would look in this room and not attend to anything and just let your mind, your eyes open, right? Where you would take the whole room in. That's sort of, in a way, a weak example, but a it's like that. You know? So the mind is constant. Let's say if there was a blackboard and you put a dot on it, that's where the mind would go to the white dot on the big blackboard. What happens now is the mind sees the blackboard. The white dot isn't that important. It's the space. Yes, that's all around the white dot. That's really what's going on. What the mind, the conditional mind would say, oh, that's nothing. That nothing becomes incredibly something to you. Yeah? The nothings. Your, the value system shifts. Because there's no you that has a value system. Basically, the strong feeling of being you is what has arisen by some mental process taking or fooling, let's say, the mind. It doesn't fool the mind. The mind is reflecting it, and there's a loss of realizing I'm the reflective quality, and I the mind becomes identified with what's being reflected. Yeah? 
this idea of being a thing. So I'm not seeing Paul anymore. I'm seeing from Paul or as Paul. And that, once that's locked in, there's always a sense of being you. Be it vague or profound, yes? Can't really put your finger on it, but it sure seems like it's real. You know? I really feel like Paul. Paul had a, there's no one like me. That feeling is not something that you came up with through observation. It's a mental process. It's a product of a mental process that we become entranced by. And so the feeling of being you is a production or a product. It's not something that you came up like uh, through empirical evidence. It's just been a big leap in that the logic of that mental, that conditional mind. Yes? There's living, so there must be a liver. Yes? There's seeing, there must be a seer. There's thinking, there must be a thinker. Yes? There's doing, there must be a doer. Yeah. And then, so let's say there's a doer, or the feeling of being the doer. Now, all doing is put to use, or becomes enslaved by that sense of being the doer, and all doing just reflects the doer. You see your face, you see your conditional face in everything that happens now. Because it's, it's happening to me or I'm doing it, yeah? So it's like Narcissus looking in the pond all day, just obsessed with himself. And I'll tell you, very logically, all guilt and shame is only produced by one thing, the sense of personal doership. If you didn't believe you were the doer, there would be no branch guilt and shame could actually build such a long-lasting nest on it. It would always collapse. Yes, because there would be no sense of doer being a personal doer. Yeah. So this whole business of trying to forgive yourself it would become like that business would dry up because there would be no need for forgiveness. Yeah. And there would be no need to forgive others because you would see whatever activity occurred did not come from them. They were not the source. They were just the conduit of that activity. The source was somewhere that you can't see. Yeah? A mind that has been occupied. Yeah? So without all that trying to forgive and everything and trying to uh, would, all, would lose all meaning because it's all rooted in being the doer. Yeah, of your actions, or the omitter of actions you think you should have done. That's another big level of it. Yeah. So I found to, to see the center of the systems, what gives this system life. Yeah. You can describe all of its pulsations, but let's say the heart of the system is the sense of being an individual, long-lasting, separate entity. Yes, Rooted in the bondage to a body, definitely. To the point where we give the qualities of a body to what we call God, yes. So. And the idea of having a path to God is just a journey a body would take. If you ever read, you know, even the word path implies there must be something that's on the path. Yeah. What would that something be but a body? Yeah. It's just like when you picture yourself. In the past, you picture yourself as a body, a mind. Yeah? That's the conditional mind. 
its whole centerpiece of its whole process is you as a body. And there's no getting around that. There's no getting around it. Yeah. Even if you think you have, or have a body or you're a soul in the body, I'm telling you, that's a nice little way of floating above the real anchor that there's an identification as a body. Your whole, the whole semblance of this life as it is is based on body. The whole semblance of it. I mean, it's a, it's a very important foundation for conditional mind. Without the body as its touchstone, it couldn't go to all of its fucking crazy meanderings. Past and future wouldn't have much importance to you, but it does in the mental stream because you're pictured as a body in the past. That's how it can think of you in the past. It can't think of you as spirit. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah? Oh, this space reminds me of the space I was 20 years ago. This is how to be, you know, this space in space. There's no, well, I was so much different. I was such a different space then than I know. <laughs> yeah? And what would you, how would you be worrying about nothingness in, in the future? Yeah? It, I mean, seriously, the whole conditional mind would be out of a job if it didn't have you to think about, really. <laughs> you're, you're the fixated object that it can do a lot of mental gyrations around, yes? yes? And cause a feeling of being a center of a life, to the point where it bends life to it's happening to you, which is an incredible... You ever see those strong men that used to do the thing, take a bar and go... Yeah, oh, it's the mind, the conditional mind's doing that all fucking day. Yes, manifestation, and just bending it, it's happening to me. <laughs> it's amazing. It's an amazing workout, you know what I mean? Boom, boom, yeah. It's so, you know, it's like if, uh, even if uh, even a few uh, calibrations of not coming to you would occur, you would travel immensely lighter. Fucking unbelievably lighter. You would think it was the greatest uh, message you've ever heard if just a couple of degrees of the bend would, would be bent back where there would be more of a feeling that life's happening. I mean, you don't know how many issues of your stories would be dismissed. <laughs> they would, they'd never come to print. And you know what? You would feel the space that all those stories are seemingly taking up. You'd feel the space. You'd sense presence because you're conscious. And I'm, when I'm saying you, I'm just using the language. There is awareness. And so there's a, awareness can be aware of space. It can sense space. The mind's business is to fill up the space with as much meaning and as much minutiae and with as much info as possible, yeah? so that the space won't be entertained. That all you'll see when you look in the space is things that are filling it up. Thought, mental things, feel, you know, feeling, all these things, all these levels of phenomena filling up the empty space. Yeah? But even so, when that phenomenon is coming up, if you're not identified with the idea of the self, yes, you will sense the space in the midst of phenomena rising. Just like you remember you as a body, there'll be a mind remembering you as space. Yeah. That sense of vague always being you you'll have another vague sense of always being something too, but it won't be you. 
but it'll be in a similar way. Yeah? You'll have a feeling. You know, you know how almost nothing can contradict the feeling of being you? Well, it goes the other way. When there's a sense of space, nothing can contradict that. Yeah? Whatever is coming up doesn't cause the mind to, oh, you know, it just has a sense of, of me, but that me ain't the old sense of a body. It's of, I don't know what of, but it's, I can't see it or anything, and therefore I can't think about it. <laughs> this is the great news. When the dogs of mind get released, released they have no sense. They go back. And after a while, they stop even yelping, because there's nothing, nothing to follow. There ain't you to be thinking about. They run out, and then they look around, nothing. They go back in, and after a while, they just lay down. They sleep. <laughs> the things that were driving you crazy, they're all asleep now. And then you're walk, and you're living your life with all of the big dogs asleep. <laughs> literally. Literally. Because they can't pick you up. They don't have a scent anymore. They're like homing pigeons. Those thoughts of the of selfing are homing pigeons to the fixed object of being a bun. That's where they go. You know what? The fixed object is like the generator almost of those thoughts. Those thoughts would they're like they're like swarms of locusts. <laughs> they're like one of the seven plagues released. <laughs> so what what the locusts are swarming is this fixed object. If the fixed object doesn't go, you've got to get a lot of super strong insecticides. You've got to do this and do that. And it doesn't matter. They keep swarming. Yeah? They build up a resistance. You get therapy for 30 years. It's just now your troubles are rooted in the family of origin from Mars. You know, you went through your Earth family of origin. Got, well, now Mars comes. You know, it just keeps producing <laughs> things to be fixated around. <laughs> so this is if I'm not that yes the locust swarm again but they need to find that fixed object that's what gives them uh, momentum yes they can once they find a fixed object they can orbit it and that object holds them in an orbit so the thought system is on constantly, revolving around the fixed object of you. If that fixed object of you was not you, it would be like pulling the sun out of the solar system. Yeah? You would see the effects of the sun by its absence. Yeah? You would see, really, its influence when you pulled it out by watching what happens with everything else. This is what it's like. When you pull the idea of being self out of the equation, the, the, the incredible shift of the equation Im implies a huge influence that selfing has. Yeah? You see the problem by the solution. You really do. I mean, the depth of the problem can be seen only from the solution. It's never seen from the problem. Never. Never. That's my, you know, I like to talk in extremes. Maybe there is, but from my own investigation, I don't see it. Yeah? It's the real solution. The solution is the absence of self. And you know why that's so beautiful? Because that's the inherent condition. There isn't a self. So your solution is always available at all times. 
because it's not a conditional solution brought about by the problem. The problem inherently doesn't exist. That's the solution. Yeah? So it's always available at all times. No matter how juicy the story that the mind's telling, it cannot... That old magic carpet that seemed to take you away all the time has no ability to take what you are away. It takes a little body away by thinking about the future and the past, but it has no ability to move you what you are. You're unmovable. And what happens is when that revision starts to occur, all the considerations and, and ideas you have about shit will come up. Yeah, but, you know, I do a lot of talks and sometimes people describe all oh, the light and everything, but then they go, but, and that's the beginning of the world. It's a very good and apt description, like a but. As soon as the but is exclaimed, the shit starts flying. Yeah. So every time I'll be listening to someone share and I'm waiting, you know, but, what's going to happen if I, hypothetically now, if I get married and have a kid... <laughs> Christ. If that, all that if that was seen, yeah, and just seen, yeah, seen, 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 you realize none of it has any influence, except if, if there's a you to be influenced. Yeah. When there's a you to be influenced, in other words, the movie isn't good at all, but the audience gives it all the meaning it has. Yeah. So the mind is audience. When it goes, oh yeah, that's important. It's like a bonding mechanism. It goes on that, and then it seems to travel, and it believes that if it is, if it's traveling, it's not what it is. That's a fucking lie. Let it travel. It doesn't change a damn thing. When you huff and puff and get tired, you'll be right where you've always been. No matter no matter how long the train of thought is, when you get off, it'll be the exact space that's always been there. Yeah, you make. Oh, I was really in my mind. This is just a fucking story. How can you really be in your mind if you can be out of your mind? Yeah, how real is it? So people sometimes tell me something was really flipping me out. The next day, it's not. How real could it have possibly been? If it was really flipping you out yesterday, it doesn't have any effect today. How real was it? You know what I mean? It's like blowing up these balloons to scare ourselves. Fuck. I mean, your breath can be put to a better use, you know, breathing in and out of that space. You know. <laughs> you know, there would be like that sense of being you. If you want to put it the opposite, it'll be the sense of being not you. Just as strong as the sense of being you as a body, there'll be the sense of not, I'm not that. Yeah? And in a weird way, that's all as far as it needs to go. Because you'll never know what you are. But the closest way you can know what you are is knowing what you're not. <laughs> seeing what you're not is what I am, really. I'm that seeing of what I'm not. Yeah. If I ever see what I am, that would be the seeing of what I'm not. 
<laughs> because seeing can never be seen, yes? And there ain't no seer behind it. There's just seeing. It's totally encompassed all and everywhere, and there's no, no addition or subtraction that could occur. There's no seer or a better way of seeing <laughs> like that. It's just perfect in its rawness, and it's, it's just an acknowledgement of that.
Its whole, its whole story of specialness is based on such a flimsy identification. Yeah. And then, well, I wouldn't listen to your thoughts, but I listen to these thoughts and because they sound like me. They sound like my voice. And it's not even your voice. It's just the vocal cords of this body. <laughs> so, <laughs> really, check it out. Everyone's a stock version. <laughs> There's no customized. There's no customized ap apparatuses. I don't care what you're wearing, how much plastic surgery you get. It's the same, same. Same thought system. Different languages, yes, probably, but same, 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 same. Cultural changes, that, but the basic format's exactly the same. Yet everyone has a feeling we're very unique and different. It's an incredible move, yeah. One tape producing eight billion separate special experiences. It's incredible. I don't know, how many are alive now? Eight billion? Six and a half billion. Wow. So. If you could see it, if this... And see, the thing is, it's not difficult to see it because all the qualities are there. There's conscious, you're conscious, you're aware. And it's, it's manifesting. And so, there can be an easy seeing of it. What causes it to sort of distort and get skewered is the idea of you seeing it. Yeah, because what you see is a you. If you're really seeing it, you see a you being produced and reinforced all day. That's what you see. Yeah. If there's a feeling that you're seeing it, you're under the sway of it. Yes. There's a, not you, but the mind is under the sway of it. Now, when it's under the sway of it, its attempts to get out are a form of being in. If you get to the root, it shifts, it shifts. If I'm not that, then there's no need to get out because there's a sense I wasn't in anything. And no need, the real, real, real no need to get out is what you would call, I mean, no need to get out is what you would call getting out of self. The absolute no need to get out of self is what you would call the experience of getting out of self. The, it was the act of playing God, let's say, with God. So, this little system of selfing played God with this big concept it had called God. And how it could play God is it had access to God's juice in a way, which is, I would say, you are in a sense God in a way. And you became identified with a body. And, a, and part of the body's a brain and those mental processes have taken your juice to play God with. Yeah. Now, because 
it's taken a stock version and customized it. It can only play God right where you are. I mean, your God can't play God with me. Yeah? In other words, if you came and told me what was driving you crazy, it wouldn't drive me crazy. I'd be looking at it and I'd be saying, you know, I'd be like maybe Solomon to you. And yet the same thing I could have in my head, and if I was holding it as mine, you know, that stock was made into custom, then I would be up Schitt's Creek and you wouldn't be. You'd be giving me the advice that I needed. Yes? So because of the, the customizing of a stock version to become identified, the selfing can only play God with you. Yeah? It can't play God with others. In other words, when it's obsessing over next week, the whole world isn't obsessing over next week. Not everyone, seemingly, who is a, everyone, is obsessing about next week. It seems to only be you. Yeah? So, its relevance is its weakness, yeah? Its relevance is to make something that's stock into something special, but because of that, it's God, when it plays God with God's juice, it can only play it in a very small field, yeah? It's, it's limited by, that's why I think a lot of times the mind hates the body, you know? Because the mind, the body gives it its fixed object, but the limitation, it really wants to go to town and play God, and it can't fucking convince everyone. Yeah? No matter how hard it tries, it can't fuck everybody else all the time. Yeah? And I think it gets really pissed. And it wants to really... It, so it rails against what's seemingly a limitation, but it's the only deal it had. I've got to make this something special. And so... For it, and so it's a, its desire to be unlimited has to go through limitation. And I think it's really pissed. In my own life it was. I was super angry being quote-unquote a body again. Because I just, people wouldn't do what I wanted them to do. And I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And it was really fucking infuriating. But that's like the deal with the devil in a sense. Yeah? And it's not going to admit that it's a stock situation. Because then, it, <laughs> then the identification is weakened. And then it doesn't even have a chance to play God. Yeah. So it has to play God in a very small field. <laughs> and it's pissed. <laughs> it can't even play God with someone else usually, you know? What I mean? You can't even exert total domination over someone else. You really want to. Maybe a significant other or whatever. You would never do what you do to significant others to a complete stranger. I've watched it with people. They'll be going crazy. If someone walks by, they all both shut up. But as soon as that person leaves, they're at it again. They're embarrassed, but they're just taking it out on each other. I mean, in the name of love. It gets nasty. <laughs> Seriously, man. I think that's two fucking self-conditional minds pissed that they can't play God to the level they want to play God. So, in the name of love and specialness, they really get fucking pissed when it doesn't work. In the course of miracles, I'm just ranting now, so this made me blasphemy about the course of miracles. But in the course of miracles, they talk like one of the, 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 the uh, most bonding agents, let's say, of making this place real is what they would call the special relationship. So, people get together with the idea of having a special love that no one else has. You know, no one feels the way I feel about you and you don't this and that. And there's something that happens in that special relationship 
that brings out, quote-unquote, the worst in, sometimes in people, yeah. Yet the same situation can be used in an incredible way as a holy relationship. But I would think there would have to be a, a, a seeing of the false or the pseudo-customizing and recognizing the stock version. Yeah? So that the love for that person is just uh, like a, an expression of love. Yes? Not just to them, but them, they're like there, but it's, yes. So things would have to lift up. The little special heaven you had with the person would have to be seen not to be the case. Because usually that turns into hell for people, though. You see, yeah. You're thinking you're moving into heaven, but it's hell in a few years. <laughs> so, um, I get all these ideas about things.